Hey guys, with sports betting season in full force with football here, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BETUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 1 800 69 BetUS. That is 800 MyBetUS. You receive 125% sign up bonus by using bonus code SST125. That's SST125. They have re-up and referral bonuses. Also, BetUS is known among America's favorite sportsbook for lots of reasons. Bet on team and player props, loads of NFL futures, UFC matches, PGA golf, live betting on most sports. The online casino has hundreds of games. The race books has all the horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable. Follow my lead and get your phone online and sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS. You bet. You win. You get paid. Bet U.S. In the South, it's always college football season. And the king of college football reigns supreme all year long. Southern Sports Today proudly presents the Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. Spoiler alert. He's already been fired. It is the Chuck Oliver Show on a Friday, and I hope everybody's having a glorious existence. It's a Friday in the South in November, and there's a lot of important football still out there to be played. You won't see a whole lot of it as far as the on-field matchup A versus B in the Southeastern Conference, not this weekend. You will see some games that have intrigue for different reasons. For instance, there may not be a game anywhere in America where you have a team with Auburn's record playing a team with South Carolina's record, and it is desperately important to both of those teams, specifically Auburn. It's going to wipe all the lipstick off that pig uh, if they lose that game. That's going to be a bad, 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 bad loss. I can't say that the Penn State game was a bad loss. George game was not a bad loss. Mississippi State, you should have won. If you tell me afterwards, hey, you lost to Mississippi State, I'm like, mm, yeah, I could see that. If it was 28-3 to and I was watching, yeah, I didn't see that coming. So Auburn, they have as much sway in how you and me and everybody thinks about their offseason as any team in the conference this weekend. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to go on the road and respond a little bit, uh, even with T.J. Not, no, I'm going to take that way. Not, I'm not going to say even. I'm going to say and with T.J. Finley. And I'm intrigued for different reasons with the Florida-Missouri game. You talk about how are you going to respond? Yeah, how about you respond by beating Missouri and Florida State maybe? Wipe your nose, tuck your shirt in, get out there and play. So there's still intrigue out there for me. Even in a, And by the way, those are probably the <laughs> Auburn at South Carolina and Florida at Missouri. Those are probably the two most intriguing games in the conference this weekend. Am I overspeaking that? What am I missing? Oh, I mean, Alabama and Arkansas should That's a three-touchdown game. Well, I get that. By but the way, I grabbed the three touchdowns. Did you really? For Arkansas plus the 21. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I was like, man, I, I don't know with that physicality. Oh, I grabbed the three touchdowns there. there. Um, so it, it's what it is. But in the ACC... They're trying to decide stuff. And I will tell you right now, Atlantic Coast Conference. <laughs> Damn, we don't have a guest in the second segment today, do we? 
We do not. You have time. Okay. All right, because I, I wanted to run a little bit. If you look in the ACC this weekend, some of it's already been determined. Louisville dropped a number on Duke. You could have seen that happening. But I've talked to you about the monumental importance of Wake Forest at Clemson. Wake Forest is the undefeated in-conference team that's top 10 in America. Clemson is not. Florida State at Boston College? Brother, it is important to the Seminoles. They got a chance for a 13th game, and that's not nothing. And to do that, they have to win at BC, and they have to beat UF. Georgia Tech at Notre Dame, more about that game a little later because Georgia Tech's not winning tomorrow or next Saturday. Virginia and Pitt, points aplenty. And then way late at night, ACC Network, Virginia Tech, is at Miami. And when I say spoiler alert, he's already fired. Miami is simply waiting for Manny Diaz to lose the final two games of the season or win the final two games of the season, and then he will be fired. So says my guy down in Miami. Actually, Coral Gables, like right down there. In fact, I was talking about today's Friday. I was talking about Manny Diaz on Wednesday. As words are tumbling out of my mouth, I get a text message because he was listening. Let me read it right now. Um, he's fired in two weeks. We're just waiting. That Okay. Dan, anything cryptic about that? No, I'd say it's pretty straightforward. So, what happens between now and two weeks? Well, could be that Miami gets bowl eligible. They have a game. Like I said, they host Virginia Tech, who doesn't have a coach right now. And then they travel to Duke. If you are playing a team, like, and you're 5-5, five and five, by the way. Do we know that that's the Hurricanes record? Let me bring it out. They're 5-5 five and five and 3-3 three and three in the conference. Hold that in your gray matter. So you should have a motivated team. Now, the weird part of this description is I'm telling you about Virginia Tech, and, hey, they're reeling, they're on the ropes, season's blown up. They've already fired their coach. Virginia Tech is 5-5 five and five overall, 3-3 three and three in the conference. Virginia Tech has the exact same overall record, exact same conference record, and the Hokies have already looked at their coach and said, yeah, you're out. But there's intrigue with Miami? I, I have been told there's not nearly as much intrigue as we may think. Because everything I'm using to describe the on-fire nature of the Hokies football program right now, if you take the name off and you just give me the resume, it's almost exactly, I mean, spot on. To the point that in conference, which is where you can get a real measuring stick, Miami Hurricanes, do you know what their point differential is in conference in six games? Zero. They have scored and given up the exact same number. Do you know what Virginia Tech's point differential in conference is? In six games, their differential, seven. Now, they've gone about it different ways. Miami scored 200, given up 200. Virginia Tech has scored 137. They've allowed only 130. The overall performance of these two teams this year, it uh, identical. 
and one of them's already moved on. So if you think that there is still intrigue, and there's and there may be, but you're talking about a program that has the ability to move on from its current head coach. Um, the separation with Mark Rick, it was almost like a little bit of a pass there because he just kind of put his hands up like, yeah, okay, I'm out. So Miami, by my own, because my immediate response was, can they afford to do that? Yes. And it was, there was nothing really associated. Like, if you are Florida State, you're keeping Norvell anyway because you have the right coach and you know that. You really do. If you didn't have the right coach, you may be keeping him anyway because of the Taggart thing. You got a break on the Jimbo, you didn't get a break on the other. Like Texas right now? I don't I Texas, they're they may have to be like 0 and 10 right now to have moved on because what did they they just did this with Tom Herman, just did it with Charlie Strong. Tom Herman get four seasons. I think I four, okay, so Charlie Strong, four years later, let's do this again. And that, you see, so you can't. Miami can. There's a choice involved. And I have been told that choice has already been made. Now back to Southern Sports Today and the Chuck Oliver Show pandemic we were on a bunch of committees together and I, I really like him and enjoy him I think he's a good person obviously an excellent football coach and um, he's just someone to have a, a real high opinion of and he's good for college football and, and good for the ACC Dave Clawson doing the talking about Dabo Swinney and I second I've said, man, of all the folks that I've met in this game, just some unbelievable fine individuals. Tommy Bowden, Mark Rick, Sylvester Croom. Um, yeah, Dabo Swinney's one of them. Just some just unbelievable folks. And then there's some folks that, I, like I've said, there's, there's one guy that was a head coach and then an athletic director. And, I mean, he was, like, pathological in his ability to lie with a straight face. He would lean into, Chuck, I am telling you, this is how it happened. And I was, I, I was somewhere – where I saw what happened, and I'm like, maybe I was mistaken. I mean, he was good, 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 good. I was like, no, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was there. Um, so Dave Clawson talking about Dabo, and they're going to tangle on Saturday. Uh, I this is the ACC, and I guess you get in. It's about the window necessarily because if any conference decides we're taking that stage, see, three thirty is a stage. 7 30 8 o'clock is a stage that's a stage the acc is a conference as such that looks maybe more for a window sometimes well they chose noon which isn't that noon is always the big 10 that's in fact that's michigan state and Seabus tomorrow isn't it i believe so but not the big noon the big noon i think is like oklahoma and iowa state because I think that's yeah. why I think ABC basically wanted to say, "Oh, you guys think that you're going to control this forever, right. huh?" Yeah, not not the case. We're going to take that from you. So they got noon tomorrow. Nine and one, six and zero oh in the conference. Number ten in America. Wake Forest Demon Deacons. High noon at Clemson. What? Whatever. 
that is the matchup. And I asked Roddy Jones about a month ago. We had Roddy Jones on, good friend of ours from uh, the ACC Network. And he had had, I think he'd had the Demon Deacons twice to that point. I was like, how real is this? He was like, oh, it's real. Now, do you know how, want to know how much more real? And this is pointless to talk about, but again, if you're a coach or, or you're talking to the coach, for instance, um, be pointless to talk about. Do, do you know how much more real this Wake Forest team could be? They had Kenneth Walker. They had Kenneth Walker. And I don't know if – Dan, help me. What kind of academic pressure do we have at Michigan State? Is it like Michigan? I don't believe it's quite like Michigan. Okay. No. It's a giant state school. Yes. Okay. Good school, Dude, but not I went quite to Michigan. I am proud of it. I got a great degree. Exactly. Um, but, like, Michigan is elite sort of stuff among public universities and Michigan State, giant state school. Well, good for them. I don't know. God made it a Wake Forest for three years, didn't he? So, uh, state eligible. No. He got into Wake Forest. State eligible, East Lansing, and I don't know, about 1,500 yards and maybe 25 touchdowns later this season, he might be sitting in New York. So I said, how real is this? And Roddy said, oh, it's real. And he started where you should. And for anybody who's watched Wake Forest more than one game, you remember, oh, yeah, Sam Hartman, I know that guy. Sam Hartman was the starter, and then Jamie Newman took the job. And then Sam Hartman had to step in when Newman got hurt. Newman leaves. Hartman looks around and is like, I'm the only guy left. So Sam Hartman, big-time talent. And they rushed the quarterback. And they actually lost their best defender from last year to the draft. And they rushed the quarterback. Um, It's a solid team. And I think that they're in way over their head tomorrow versus what Clemson has been able to continue to string together. Um, I think they're way over their head. And part of it is the environment that they're going on the road. They had a big, big, big crowd last weekend. I talked about this on Monday. A buddy of mine who actually one of my best friends. Um, we graduated high school together. I went to Auburn. He went to Wake Forest. He went to Wake Forest on scholarship. And then he got an MBA and then he decided that wasn't enough. He went to law school. So, you know, he, he you know where he lives, literally, house on a hill um but he he started at wake forest and he sent me these texts these screenshots the crowd size and the student section that was there and uh, they had like 3,500 kids in the student section which i mean their enrollment is at one point they were the they had the smallest enrollment of any team that played uh, division one football what we used to call it them and i think it was the 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 um army at west point so so that that puts it in perspective how difficult it is. And last week they had like 35,000 on site and about 34, 3,500 in the student section. What up, Dan? Uh, you know, I'm actually going to start with a little bit of nostalgia. And by the way, too, to the point you just brought up there, I believe the approximate number was 4,600, according to Dave Clawson, what he said. And he even brought that up during his press conference right. where he said, I think we're about a school of like 52, 5,500. We had 4,600 students. There, so that's pretty big. So, yeah, uh, bully for a week force as you could say but the nostalgia though is speaking of coaches we're fond of and some that we're not is i will always hearken back to the 2008 acc kickoff my very first one that i ever went to up in charlotte and you were back in atlanta for sec media yep. days and you were teasing to the crowd you know we're going to talk with Dabo, we're going to talk with willie taggart we're going to talk with mark rick all these different coaches then you paused and you said 
but we will not have Bobby Petrino. Another pause. I am not going to have him on this program, and my name is on this program, so I get to make that decision. So that's one that always comes to mind for me is is Bobby we, Petrino we, not we, being allowed. Yeah, we had had him scheduled actually because I, you know, I I know what he is, and it's just a little bit of a side. He's just he. he Treats people terribly. Mm. Um, and even that rehab after Western Kentucky when he cried on TV, he still – I saw it. Um, so, anyway, he, we were scheduled to have him the year before. And I was like, fine, sit down. We'll talk football, just football. And then I was told that he got uh, uh, held over a little bit upstairs with mm. the media. Yeah. And when I was being told that, like, I'm staring down the hall and I (laughs) see see him him. standing right. He got held upstairs, but he said, coach said he just won't be able to make your, and I'm like, I'm, he's right there. (laughs) And I'm sorry, go ahead. Some people just, uh, the lying thing, they're not very good at it. And you know, who really should be, um, you know, it, it is one of those things that those of you who know me know that I'm a huge movie guy and I'm going to actually bring out a really obscure one right now called hall pass and there's a part in it where one of the characters is talking about i can do better and the guy's trying to school him on how to pick up women says every loser in vegas feels like they can do better the winners move out when they are out on top and the person i'm talking about right here is lane kiffin and i don't think there's any doubt that he wants to leave ole miss because chuck we talked about it last night on sec football and beyond with chris landry and there is not going to be a better shot for him to have a winner at Ole Miss than he has right now where he can pick up win number nine tomorrow he can pick up win number 10 go to a bowl game and finish a season at Ole Miss with 11 wins remember what I told you the last time that that happened it was the Sugar Bowl Oklahoma State and they started giving out commemorative helmets patches of the field everything to commemorate the historic win for the Ole Miss program for Lane Kiffin it's one of those things that once you get to that certain point you see that chip stack in front of you Kenny Rogers told us don't start counting go ahead pick it up go to the cashier's window and get out of there I think that's what Lane Kiffin needs to do and he needs to do it fast there is always one part of the scenario when a coach leaves the greener pastures turns out it's not greener and then he gets moved on um it's rich rodriguez as an example one of many rich rodriguez moving on from west virginia and then michigan decided yeah we're gonna move on from you i can guarantee you there's a multi 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 million dollar payout if you are jim grobe and you stay i can't guarantee you anything including that wake forest at some point he can write his own mm-hmm. Almost everyone at some point, Bobby Bowden, gets to the point where the university says, we're moving on from you. So if I'm Lane Kiffin, yeah, I'm listening. Another great weekend ahead in pro and college football. Let's get you a look at the lines brought to you by BetUS. Hi, I'm Dan Matthews, and let's get you ready to win some money. Let's start with Ohio State being a huge favorite over Michigan State at home. Buckeyes are giving 19. They are minus 1,200 on the money line. Spartans are plus 750 over under 68 and a half. Clemson hosting Wake Forest and giving four and a hook. Tigers are minus 190 money line. Demon Deacons plus 165. Over under is 56 and a half. Arkansas is at Alabama Crimson Tide favored by 20 and a half. They are minus 1600 money line. Razorbacks are plus 900 over under is 58. 
Auburn, a seven and a half point road favorite against South Carolina. Tigers are minus 300 on the money line. Gamecocks are plus 250. Over under is 45. Oregon, three and a half point dog on the road against Utah. The Utes are minus 160 on the money line. Ducks are plus 140. Over under is 59. A couple on the pros. How about the Bengals at the Raiders? Cincinnati favored by just a point. The over-under is 50 and a hook. Cowboys are at the Chiefs. Kansas City, a home two-and-a-half-point favorite. They are minus 140 money line, plus 120 for Dallas. Over-under is 56-and-a-half. Let's give you a chance to earn some extra money when you sign up with BetUS. How about the promo code SST125? With this promo code, BetUS giving you a 125% sign-up bonus. For example, that first deposit, $100, you're getting $125 extra. You're using cryptocurrency, pretty popular nowadays. How about enter the promo code SST200? When you do this, you get a 200% sign-up bonus on crypto deposits. So if that first deposit is $100, you're getting $200 extra. Let's look at some of the odds brought to you by BetUS, America's favorite sports book, for over 25 years. Always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. If I'm Ryan Day, I'm looking at tomorrow as a chance to get a $4 million a year raise. Because if I can drop a sack of hammers on Michigan State and their coach, who might be on the cusp of averaging nine... Nine and a half million dollars a year for Mel Tucker? Okay, well, this is what Ryan Day and Ohio State can do, and you're only paying me five and a half million. Ohio State and Michigan State tomorrow. Uh, and Michigan State's not nothing. Ohio State, I think, despite having to interpret, let's say, the level of competition and the spot on the dance card, despite having to interpret some of that over the last probably six weeks, it's about as impressive as it can be. Because when I look at you beating Akron 59 to 7 or Indiana 54 to 7 or even Purdue 59 to 31, I always ask my, well, it was a blowout. It was garbage time or it was an inferior opponent. Always like, all right, well, what would Alabama have done? What would Florida have done? What would Georgia? What would who Clemson? Whoever the, what would they have done? And I think they all would have beaten Indiana like 54 to 7. So again, I have to interpret, but. They've got big opportunities. Uh, tomorrow, high noon in CBUS, they host Michigan State, then go on the road next week to take on Michigan. Want to welcome on right now. I'm going to call him good friend of the program from 97.1 Yonder in CBUS. It is Tim Hall. Tim, how are you, brother? Chuck, what's going on, man? Yeah, I, I heard you talking there. Those tricky Michigan State Spartans. Their athletic director, Alan Haller, now. What what timing with that news story of the extension for Mel Tucker in the buildup to the Ohio State game? You could have done that after the big win against uh, Michigan, right? But you do it after the Maryland win. Now, all of a sudden, we're talking about a near $100 million extension for Mel Tucker. Okay, but yeah, Ryan Day, is he's one of those guys that can go out there and prove that he should be one of the highest paid coaches in all of college football if not the highest paid coach and look at the money that backs Ohio State too I mean you look at where you're at for one thing if we look at this um, 
Again, I want to say level of competition. Do you agree? I mean, I, I don't discount any win. I don't at Akron, Rutgers, whatever. They got scholarships, you know, come what may. Um, it oh, is, you could d- discount the Akron win. Go ahead and do that. <laughs> okay, I'll discount Akron. Um, <laughs> but as as far as offenses that can, can fog a mirror, um, you know, opponents that you're really worried about, it is fair now to say we may have to go back to week two of the season before we saw a real measuring stick game. Tell me what you make of the next eight weeks, which were all wins. No, that's that's a fair thing to point out, Chuck. And I'm also looking at Ohio State's defense, and th- that's a lot of what we were talking about this past week. We got a, a pretty good feeling that the Buckeye offense had their get-right game against Purdue. I mean, how could you not think that? They put up 60 points no. on a very good statistical defense. That was actually – Purdue was rolling better with their defense, if you can believe it, than they were with their offense. They, they did have the sixth-ranked pass attack in the country that's no surprise to anybody that's you know seen the quarterbacks that Purdue has produced over the past 20 years walking it back to guys like uh, Kyle Orton and then Drew Brees and they showed it and that was the concern was that game control you're up by three four touchdowns early it's natural you're going to give up something I can see schematically what Ohio State was trying to do make Purdue one-dimensional win the game by a lot of points they did that but still if you look at the overall number you cannot have a passing defense ranked outside the top 100 and Ohio State has that right now so when you go into these last like you said measuring stick games I don't think we I don't think we really thought Purdue is some juggernaut or some contender they're not right they're the Purdue Boilermakers they're now a four loss team Michigan State's a one loss team Michigan is a one loss team it's going to be a little bit different I agree with you you're going to be put to the test once again you got the home game situation though I do not expect Ohio State to stub their toe it's it's certainly not going to be a 28, 30 point blowout like it was against the Boilers, though. All right. I want you to do this instantaneously because somebody did this to me yesterday. I thought, all right, that's pretty good. I'm going to give you a total. <laughs> I'm going to give you a total offense, total yards for the Ohio State offense. I'm going to give you a number and I want you to blurt out for tomorrow's game over or under. All right. Mm-hmm. Yep. 500 yards. Over. I did the same thing. That's absurd. You're not supposed to say that. Not yeah. not with this much on the line in November and we in the second to last week Here, of the season. Here's the thing though. Michigan State um, I was just doing some of the prep for this this morning. Last week against Maryland, they're missing a few key guys on a defense that has not been great. Simeon Barrow missed. Uh, Quaverius Crouch, their linebacker, missed the game. Their yeah. freshman, Charles Brantley, cornerback, he missed their game. And uh, he just started, I think, for the first time against Michigan in that big win. So, And it's a passing attack, a passing defense, excuse me. Remember when Michigan State under Mark D'Antonio, they had the no-fly zone work in there they were sending right. you know dark denard they were sending all these the dudes trey waynes the trey waynes yeah could he get healthy for the cincinnati Bengals? please my 10 year old son jack is wanting <laughs> that to happen but I'm, I'm serious man dead last ohio state's got their problems with their passing defense michigan state is dead last that is not a good equation when you are looking at cj stroud the heisman front runner right now with 30 touchdown passes and five picks and also cj will not run so he He's told us that I ain't running guys. It's almost like Nick Saban. Like, so quit asking about it. I'm not doing it. I'm just going to 
sit back here and sling it. That's how I get my yardage. And just a, a little bit more of a word there on Kenneth Walker because, you know, the idea is, well, what if Kenneth Walker, Walker gets his? And I'm thinking, no, he's going to get his. I'm, I'm almost certainly Kenneth Walker is going to get his, and I don't know yeah, that it will matter. Because you don't, you don't wind up with 45 or 50 points by Kenneth Walker, you know, getting 31 carries. Yeah, I've, I've spent a lot of time and thought here, too. This is not really – this isn't a team that can abandon a guy that good. You know what I'm saying, Chuck? Like, yep. even if you are down by 14, 21 points early, and for most teams you would say, oh, well, got to abandon the run. I, I don't know how Michigan State can do that when Kenneth Walker is just so talented. There might be some other ways that you can get him uh, the ball, but you haven't really seen it this year. He's only got 12 uh, – he's only got 12 catches for 85 yards. It's not like – what you've seen from Travion Henderson being this, and I'm not really referring to Kenneth Walker as a one trick pony either, given some opportunities, I'm sure he can, you know, catch the screen pass just fine and get out into some space and either truck a guy or make somebody miss. But, you know, Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor, they've been the bulk of the offense and Trey Mosley here lately for Michigan state. What is the injury status with Jalen Naylor? That's a big question. We get nothing in college football about injuries. He injured his hand. They're not saying anything. We don't know if he's going to play tomorrow so I don't even know if we'll see a report from Michigan State on, on who's going to go but when you got a guy out there that has you know 31 catches for 587 and six touchdowns in Naylor to go along with Jaden Reed that's something that makes their offense more dynamic you know and that, that's what makes them not so one-dimensional and I don't they have not been one-dimensional it's just that Kenneth Walker is the best running back in college football so he can never be factored out of the game plan no matter how, how many points they're down by. Do you remember, and you may not, um, Debo Samuel's last season at South Carolina, I think it was week three against Kentucky, snapped a bone in his leg. And, like, at literally Ooh. week game 12. I'm I looking, don't remember that, no. Yeah, it was, it was, I think, week two or maybe week three, final game of the season. I'm looking at the submitted two deep, uh, you know, midweek from South Carolina, still starter, Debo Samuel, literally Will Muschamp. He would, <laughs> and I, and I asked him, huh? I was like, Coach, he's got a broken, like, I saw him like on crutches with a cast he was right. like i hadn't had time to update it i was like Sep- september 20th come on guys yeah help me come don't on. coach he's got a hard cast around his leg he's on crutches he can't play football he, he's he's at that place in arizona training for the draft already all right can we can we just move on um last thing right. and i want you just to peek a little bit ahead um michigan once they got in conference they just stopped scoring um and but 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 they hit you and they can run on defense. Give me a little bit of a peek ahead, just assuming no big injuries at all. Uh, what's your early idea about the game at Michigan next Saturday? You know, you know, hosting the show that I host, I'd, I'd be lying if I told you that I wasn't nervous, but I, I cannot pick Michigan to get the job done just because the Buckeyes are on such a streak. When you're on a streak that's this long, it's pretty much impossible to pick the other side just out of the blue to do it. Yes, this is going to be a more nerve-wracking game than we've seen in many, many years because Michigan's going to likely go into this with just the one loss. Who knows? Wouldn't shock me in the least to see Michigan stub their toe tomorrow and pick up that second loss to take a little bit more steam going into this last one. But Chuck, the fact is you didn't play the game last year. 
That is the huge storyline. Yeah. A lot of Buckeye fans want to say what they want to say. I'm not one of those. I was not willing to do that. It was a COVID year. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know exactly what was going on with every uh, every uh, guy's health situation up there uh, at University of Michigan. That was pretty much like a, a year for fun anyway in college football last year. But the fact that it's been two years between this and you're still going up there on the road, obviously – it's it's gigantic. It's it's going to be the division and the trip to Indianapolis on the line. I'll be uh, taking the Buckeyes and maybe a seven to ten point game for that one. All right, and, and Harbaugh has never beaten Ohio State, correct? No, no. Okay. Why do you think Urban Meyer's and, got the seven and zero punt house in Columbus? And, and, and live forever. That's where he uh, likes to dance. Does, you know that. Does James Franklin have one win? Against Ohio James State, Franklin had one win. Yeah, we had the blocked. Uh, that was it. But that the kid uh, returned for a touchdown, scooped up and went back. So against the t- that's see, right. that's the funny Scooping thing. Score. We talk about the division, and it's well, you know, they're two big contenders every year. And I'm like, so combined, the two current head coaches at those two contenders have a total of one dub that came on a scoop and score off a block. Um, yeah, yeah, but no, but no. That's why Chuck. You look at the matchup tomorrow. If we're going to be honest, when you look at Penn State and Michigan, the two perceived big dogs, power programs no. in the Big Ten East, it is Sparty who has been the most true adversary to Ohio State, going back to when the Urban Meyer era started. They play them tough. I remember that first year, the 2012 game, when Urban went undefeated, and they could have been in the national championship game. Remember against Notre Dame. It wouldn't have been Bama if they were eligible because how are you keeping a 12-0 or potentially 13-0 Ohio State team out of the title game? You can't. But you had uh, the Big Ten title game, which was Urban Meyer, the, the meme of him That's eating right. his sad That's pizza right. on the golf cart. in the golf and cart. Then you, and, then you had, and then you had the 2015 game where Ohio State's rolling off the, the national championship and you still got Joey Bosa, you got Zeke. You won. The one mess up was their quarterback situation was wacky with Cardale Jones and JT Barrett and Michigan State comes in and beats the Buckeyes 17-14 at the shoe with a backup quarterback it's one of the biggest upset losses in the last 20 years of Ohio State football so I know Mel Tucker's there now but if that kind of mojo carries over with their program then this this is kind of the one it's it's a Michigan State and Ohio State not those other two folks uh, we get like 10 minutes with Tim you can get him every single day uh 97-1 the fan the Buckeye show I know what they talk about Timmy I appreciate you brother always man have a good day tomorrow all right Tim Hall again from 97-1 and uh that's one thing that I love about this because uh I've always said for years I've been doing this job for mm, a little more than 21 years now and I realized early on the cool part is that whether it's Tim who's on the air in Columbus, Ohio, or somebody who lives in Bessemer, Alabama, no matter how much I drill down on a particular program or coach or player or recruiting class, there is an Alabama fan living in Bessemer who will always know more, no matter how much I look in, in, in Easley, South Carolina, there's a Gamecocks fan that no matter how much I drill down in the offseason, he or she will know more. And so Tim, is he's one of those folks. He happens to have a microphone. I was speaking with a, a group of LSU fans. They have this uh, every August, and, and I don't do this anymore, but um, before this show started, actually, my days were free, uh, LSU fans who have a – there's this big 
dinner they have, a big lunch they have at a steakhouse before the season. And they invited me to, to come hang out and talk college football with them one day. You pay me, I'll talk. So I showed up and I'm talking college football with him. And I'm just, the guy sitting next to me is from Louisiana and he's, he's like 50 years old and he's been paying attention to Tiger football since he was in the womb. And I, I looked at him I was, and he was talking about how I'll listen to you every day and love the show. And I, was, I looked at him and I said, guy, I'm you plus a microphone. That's it. And no matter how much I try to find out, you said you're always going to know more. Uh, and so that's certainly Tim when it comes to uh, Ohio State. All right, I'm going to break. Come back, wrap up hour one on a Friday next. Now back to the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. one chuck oliver show continues coming up in hour two we will hear from john talty from al.com senior sports editor sec insider and then drill down on the other side of uh at least the auburn game uh, we talk bama and auburn whomever with uh john but uh, on the other side heath klein from 1075 the game as we talk a little south carolina auburn um as we get into uh hour two there is another group of players that um this is i'm not going to call it unfortunate i'm not going to call it anything i'm just going to identify who they are and there's another group of players that are at least part of the the georgia story in 2021 i'll say and those are the players who transferred out of the program before this season. Uh, and they were all big recruits. And we have seen players transfer out of the program uh, at a regular pace because, first of all, at a place like Georgia, you only bring in top-notch guys, uh, especially when you talk about – and I'm for about 13 or 14 programs that finish above that 50% threshold, and so they're in the blue chip ratio, and so they're, quote, an elite program, at least half your scholarship players are four-star or five-stars. That's not only Georgia now onto that list when for some years, I want to say, under uh, Mark Rick, they were in the bottom reaches of that. And it stood out because Georgia was one of the only programs on that list. Now, some, some years, the only one, on that list, the only program that had at least half their players with four-star or five-stars that had not won a national championship either in this dec- uh, century or from 1998 to include Tennessee. And now you look at Georgia, and they're not just on the list. They're second. They may move up to first. They may pass Alabama. May. And so every kid that Kirby has brought into the program who would have transferred out before this season, every one of them was a top recruit. When a guy like Dewan Mathis, for instance, he trans he was an Ohio State commit. And when Justin Fields transfers out of Georgia, um, Dewan Mathis, which flips his recru- uh, his commitment, shows up in Athens, spends two years there, and then boom, he's like, yeah, I'm going to try to find a place to play. I, I am certain that that what he is finding – his experience, the ability, because he wasn't going to play in Athens, not quarterback, that there are a lot of different boxes that get checked here. 
and there is no time machine and you don't have, you know, the morning paper from six months or nine months or 12 months down the road, it stinks for a kid like Dewan Mathis. It stinks for, I mean, I, and I was looking at the list earlier, I think Notori Johnson, who was a big four-star recruited guard and he got moved to defensive line. Um, any of the kids that looked around was like, you know, um, it was a Tyreek Stevenson. He transferred to Miami, didn't he? Um, any of these kids that looked around and for reasons that would still hold and be valid today, for those reasons, they chose to transfer to Miami or transfer to Temple or transfer. I think Tori Johnson might have go to Middle Tennessee State. Um, they chose wherever they were for reasons that would still be valid on November 19th. And I got to tell you, it, I have the benefit of hindsight, but only limited. Georgia could lose to Alabama or Ole Miss, I guess, in the SEC championship game or beat Alabama. That's all well and good. Losing the semifinals to Oregon or Ohio State. Your season's over and you still didn't get it. I don't believe that's going to happen. I believe Georgia's going to be SEC champion. Pump ring. I believe Georgia's going to be national champion. I believe if I had to bet, Georgia's going to be national champion. Ohio State scares me. And that offense particularly, I mean, like, hide under this table sort of scary. Like, ooh, I hope they don't see me. And they're getting better defensively. They are. But against that, I mean, that's just an all-time. So don't look at the Ohio State offense and the Georgia defense. Flip it around, folks. There's your story. Because the Georgia offense, the way they play right now, the way they play right now, the approach I'm saying, that kind of keeps you in the game as an opponent. And so a team like Ohio State, that if there's a side of the ball where they could use a little help, isn't it Ohio State's defense that could use just a little bit of help from the opponent? And the approach Georgia's offense has right now, isn't that sort of helping Ohio State cover up the part of the team we look at and go, mm, don't know about that, Buckeyes? So that's the matchup to me. It's almost like Ohio State could potentially get a pass for what it doesn't do overtly well. Could. So Ohio State still scares me a little bit. And so I can't promise you anything. But I'd bet, Georgia. I'm at the window with a Franklin, and you're saying, got to do it right now? Yep, it's UGA. And so the story about all these kids, whether it's N'Kobe Dean or whether it's a super senior who stayed or whether it's a kid who transferred in like JT Daniels and he's not playing, whether it's the team leader like stay, doesn't matter. Those are all stories. There is another list of stories. And, and and theirs is real similar. Yeah, I was part of the Georgia program. Yeah, where'd you go? I went to Georgia. Oh, national champions. Well, well. And, and I'm telling you, vaulting your way into the NFL for every single kid who got a scholarship from Kirby Smart, every kid showed up in Athens thinking NFL. And... A big part, my opinion on this, a big part of every kid who transferred was the pursuit of playing time, thus more of a chance to make it to the NFL. So they're still making their own decisions there. This kind of thing that I promise you, every single one of those kids is looking back and thinking, it better work out in the NFL because I really did miss an opportunity there.